Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we could not be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Steve Denton with where to go Welcome, Steve. Hey, Lee. Good to, good to talk to you, and thanks for having me on the show. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about where to go. Uh, how are you serving folks? I think the best way to think about us is think about us like you think about Uber or you think about Airbnb, right? We're, we're a technology company, uh, but instead of connecting riders and drivers or you know, hosts and folks that want to stay in their houses, we connect merchants, right, who have products to sell uh, into a network of warehouses across the country that all have different capabilities and, and capacity. Uh, we connect that through one single technology platform. We connect them through tier one carriers and transportation providers and layer in enterprise quality data insights and business intelligence so that these small to mid-sized businesses have really three things. One, a supply chain with a footprint that allows them to offer two-day delivery to anyone in the country via ground. Two, um, flexibility uh, to be able to meet the demands of today's uh, evolving supply chain change. And three, enterprise-grade analytics and business intelligence so they can compete and win in today's uh, sales environment. Now, when you say small to mid-size, how are you defining that and what makes kind of the profile of that customer that fits that, that description? Sure. Our typical customer does anywhere between, say, $5 million a year in gross merchandise sales and $250 million a year in gross merchandise sales. We certainly have uh, clients that are uh, are less than that, that might have some specific needs or some unique challenges, and certainly have many that are above that. But that's right there in that sweet spot for us. So now, uh, what are some of the challenges that they're facing where you're the right fit for them? I think I think the biggest challenge is, if you think about today's entrepreneurs, you know, they're really great marketers. They're great at selling products, manufacturing products, um, providing great service. And But where they're challenged is, you know, uh, competing with large enterprises on the supply chain side, right? So if you think about it, I think that digital landscape has really leveled the playing field, Lee, so that companies of all sizes can compete digitally for sales, different budgets, but uh, certainly can compete. But when it comes to supply chain, right, you're shipping out of your own you know, garage or your basement or a storage facility that you have in your area of the country, it's really hard for you to compete um, for today's connected consumer that expects access to the world's inventory at a transparent price point. They want those goods tomorrow or the next day, and they're not interested in paying for shipping, right? And they want an easy returns process. So it's just, it's an area where you don't have a level playing field. So for, for those merchants who want to compete, uh, for global customers um, and want to offer the same experience to those consumers um, that an enterprise would offer. Um, we help them and we level that playing field. And, and we do it in a way that is asset light, doesn't require uh, capital commitment and, and works very much like Uber. It's a pay-as-you-go model. So that flexibility and that intelligence and that footprint for them tied to tier one service providers is actually a a huge way for them to win and compete in today's economy. 
So now uh, walk me through logistically how that's going to happen. Say that I am that person you described. I have a giant warehouse or I'm using a giant warehouse in my market. And Mm -hmm. I'm saying, you know what? I want to serve folks coast to coast. Let's start with America. Um, So now what do I have to do different? How do I kind of partner with you? And how do you help me kind of solve this problem? Sure. So so let's use a real use case. Let's say you're based here in Atlanta and you got a warehouse here and you've got 32% of your customers on the West Coast. So those West Coast customers really now have you know, a ground option of four-day delivery, four to five-day ground, or you can send it air. Either one's going to either drive a, a, a lower uh, customer engagement score because I'm not willing to wait four to five days for that or two. You're going to have to eat it in margin because you're going to subsidize it because I'm probably not interested as a consumer paying for air when I can just get it delivered to me in one or two days from somewhere else. So what we would do is we'd, we'd take a look at your sales history, our technology, we have a technology platform called Network View. It analyzes your sales. It looks at your sales projections and maps it out and says, hey, Lee, let's keep your warehouse in Atlanta, right? You own that, that's your asset. Let's subsidize that with a warehouse in Sparks, Nevada. And with that new footprint, you're gonna be able to offer 88% of your customers uh, two-day or less ground delivery. We figure out, the technology figures out the percentage of the inventory and the SKUs based on your sales and your projected sales uh, to place and forward stage in Sparks, Nevada. It's a simple technology integration. We're connected to, let's say you're on Shopify, that's your cart. So we connect to Hawaii to your Shopify cart. Our distributed order management system routes the orders either to the Sparks warehouse or your Atlanta warehouse. They get shipped out either from you in Atlanta or our team out in Sparks. And then we close the loop for you with your accounting system and your CRM so that you can email with the tracking number and we close it out financially in your QuickBooks or whatever financial application you're using. So it's relatively straightforward setup. It's all done through technology. And the nice thing about it is uh, you're getting involved and you're paying as you go. If you ship 10 packages, you'll pay for 10 and you'll pay for the labor for 10. If you ship 200, you pay for the labor for 200 and the shipping for 200. So in today's economy, right, where warehouse workers are really hard to find, and you've got a labor shortage there, that flexible labor model, labor model works really well for you, and allows you to to execute against that in a way you couldn't do it on your own. So now if folks aren't kind of leveraging your platform and are kind of doing it by themselves, is that really contributing to some of these supply chain issues uh, that you're hearing so much about nowadays? Mm, no, I mean, it would be, it's hard to do it on your own. Um, but most of the supply chain issues that, that are happening today, it's, it's not really a function of um, if folks trying to do it on their own. You really got three, three pinch points there. One, um, you know, manufacturing has been online all year, but the ports are jammed up. I think recently I, I read an article, there's like 72 container freighters out in the port of Los Angeles, right? And they're starting to work around the clock. And um, so you're having trouble right now getting goods into the country. Um, so that's creating a pinch point. The other side of that, Lee, is you've got more inventory in this country than you've had previously. So you've got a ton of inventory in this country right now that didn't sell last year. So depending on where you were from a good standpoint on the side of the pandemic, if you were selling exercise equipment or you were selling um, uh, consumer products or healthcare equipment or uh, home office goods, things like that, then, then you probably made out pretty well in terms of sales. If you were on the other side of that, with maybe apparel and things like that, 
you're sitting on a lot of inventory right now. So you've got record levels of inventory in this country, record levels of inventory coming in, and about five and a half percent vacancy rates in the warehouses. You combine that with the, the port congestion and then the shift of B2B to B2C, or as I like to call, I call it business to everyone. Um, you've got capacity issues in the uh, transportation providers. That's what's causing your biggest pinch points right now. Those three things. So how does this get resolved? <laughs> well, I think there's a couple. One, um, um, uh, you're going to see uh, the holiday season start early, right? So retailers right now are concerned about having enough inventory for the holiday season. At the same time, uh, they're sitting on a decent amount of inventory. So I think you're going to see holiday promotions moved way early uh, this year in order to do a couple of things. One, clear out old inventory. So I think you're going to see a lot of uh, buy one, get one. And the get one is going to be some inventory that needs to get moved. Two, I don't think you're going to see a ton of deep discounting as you've seen in previous holiday seasons, just because the lack of inventory that um, a lot of these retailers and merchants are going to have. And then, um, and then lastly, uh, consumer behavior, right? I mean, I think you're hard pressed to ask anyone that you know, did they receive or ship a, a holiday gift last year that got delivered late? And most of them would probably raise their hand and say yes. And I think from a consumer standpoint, you know, we kind of saw the impact of that on last holiday season. So I think there's a good opportunity to shift consumer behavior and pull it forward for the holiday season this year. So you should, you'll start seeing holiday sales or holiday promotions like any day now. Uh, it's all going to get pulled forward. We need to drive an early quarter, get the goods cleared out of the warehouses, drive sales, and um, and free up the congestion in the ports. And that's why they're working 24-7. And, and then the last thing about it is being smart about where you're placing your inventory. It doesn't make any sense to place you know, inventory that's going to sit for nine months in a, in a, in a warehouse that's you know, near a port city, right? You're tying up valuable space and you're paying a premium for that. If you've got goods that need to go into long-term storage, because that's just the reality of what it is right now, it makes sense to work with a company like ours or other providers to find long-term storage needs in the center of the country where you're going to pay less. There's more availability from warehouse space and free up that warehouse space in the port cities, which is typically on the coast. Now, do you think that this uh, is going to create some scar tissue for some people that uh, used to maybe doing things like just in time, and then now they're saying, look, we got to hold on to some stuff because we can't trust this supply chain anymore? Yeah, just in time has been really hard. That's been a hard way to execute for the last two years, right? Um, the lean process is really smart, but it's been hard to execute just for the unforeseen. So you're already starting to see those shifts, right? I mean, I mean, you see right now the number of electronics, I mean, whether, they're, whether they're cars or exercise equipment that are just sitting because they don't have the right computer chips. Um, we see a lot of goods coming in for our customers that are coming and it might be missing two or three items. So it's creating this whole new economy, uh, Lee, around you know, different service providers that are actually installing these in the warehouses or the distribution facilities when it was actually happening previously at the manufacturing center overseas. So. Um, so I think from a scar tissue standpoint, it's the diversification of your suppliers um, uh, uh, and and um, and spreading that out over the year and building a little bit more buffer in your inventory, which ultimately is just more costly. Um, you know, we'll, we'll come through the other side of this. I mean, <clears throat> you know, last year, 
there were issues. The challenge last year, this time was manufacturing and then offline, right? So the big issue was cargo jets, being able to get the inventory into the country. This year, you know, manufacturing has been online. So it's the cargo ships that are having trouble getting into the country. And it's just a longer transit time. So definitely scar tissue built up. It's having people rethink their supply chain, especially from the manufacturing side and um, carrying more inventory than they normally would carry, which is, again, why you're seeing more inventory coming into this country right now. So now as part of where to go's kind of scope of service, are you seeing that adjustment in that side as well? Like you're kind of putting the last pieces of the pie together for some folks? Well, it's interesting because when we started the business, right, our, 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 our offering really started once you got the goods into the country, right? So we would inbound your goods from, you know, um, whatever port you were bringing them into in the country, or maybe you had brought them into a staging warehouse and then we would take it from there into our network and, and we would do the warehousing in the last mile. Um, as, as times have changed, right. And more and more of these customers or clients need, need more help. Um, we've expanded our services to actually start working directly with the manufacturers and, and importing those goods from from you know overseas destinations and getting involved early and often, uh, just because our technology provides better visibility into it. And then, um, you know, frankly, as part of being a UPS company, we've got access to resources and assets that a lot of our customers don't. So we can bring those to bear for the benefit of our our clients and and their consumers. It, it works out good. So we've had to expand our offerings to move further up the food chain uh, to provide a, a more end to end experience versus just you know, final warehousing and last mile. So now uh, what advice do you have for uh, folks that are selling in multiple marketplaces and sales channels for the holiday season? Is it, is the die cast already? Is there anything to be done? Well, I think, I think, look, digital channels allow you a lot of flexibility and, you know, the, you know, more often, you know, you can turn the dial up and turn the dial down with a with, with lot less lead time, right, than traditional sales channels. So as more and more of, of, of merchants and retailers and brand manufacturers are selling digitally and selling more and more digitally, um, the nuances of that <clears throat> really come around. Uh, the first one is around inventory, right? So the first, I think the first thing a lot of folks need to think about is fencing their inventory. And what I mean by fencing their inventory is, let's say you're working in multiple marketplaces, right? You're, you're working on Amazon, Maybe you're working on eBay or Wayfair and you've got multiple marketplaces where you're working. You need to be able to fence your inventory and say, okay, I've got, let's just make up a number. I got a thousand units. You know, I don't want to make the entire thousand units available to all the channels equally because, you know, you might have different margins in different channels. You might have different price points. There's different levels of expectations. So the first thing you need to be able to do is fence your inventory. And so I'm going to make, 400 of these available on Amazon. I'm going to make 200 available on eBay and, and I'm going to reserve some of this for direct sales, right? The folks that are directly navigating to my site, people that are on my email list, consumers that I have a relationship with directly versus just through marketplaces. So fencing the inventory is one of those things that a lot of folks learn the hard way, because if you're in, if you're in one of these channels, right. And, and, and they run a blow up sale and, 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 and things go gangbusters that you could quickly find yourself out of inventory, which seems like a good idea, except for those consumers that you built a relationship that are on your email list and they're coming directly to your site 
navigating and finding that, yeah, it was promoted, but you don't have the inventory. So fencing that inventory is really critical. Um, um, and I always like to pass that on. It's just a digital sales best practice. And then I think, you know, on the supply chain side um, is really having um, a, a diversified footprint, right? Because you're going to need to be able to get these goods in the hands of your consumers. Because I think what you're going to see, if you're not going to see discounting as deep or steep as you've seen it in previous holiday seasons, then you're, the consumers then are going to be looking for fast and free delivery. And recently we ran a study and it shows like 72% of the merchants are planning on free and fast delivery uh, this holiday season where 36% of them only do it year round. So I think you're going to see a premium on that. And then you're going to see a premium on easy returns, right? And, 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 and if you can't compete there, it's going to be really tough. So venture inventory, have a diversified footprint and free and fast shipping, easy returns. And then the last piece, Lee, is you got to go early. You can't wait. Right, because if you wait too late, you you've just you got to pull it forward, um, and it's going to give you a better experience. Well, good stuff. Congratulations on all the success. If somebody wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website? Sure, it's uh, www.wheretogo.com, and that's where w a r e the number two g o dot com. And we'd love to have a conversation with you. All right, Steve. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thanks, Lee. You guys have a great uh, week, and, and thanks for the time. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio.